Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's exciting because the Holy Spirit wants to do something. And I can I can share what I've got, which is cool, but oh, when he wants to do something, that's when things happen. That's when lives change. We just honor you in this place, Holy Spirit. If it's all right with you guys, I'd like you to um, follow me in a very, very simple prayer. Because who knows that when we speak out loud, there is authority and things change. But when we speak out loud corporately, kingdom shift. So... I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in this time this morning. So if you'll just follow after me, if you feel comfortable, and I really pray that you do feel comfortable because God is good just like we've been singing and he has such good things for us this morning if we will just open up and accept him and what he wants to do. So just repeat after me. Holy Spirit. We invite you into our lives right now to do exactly what you want to do. We hold nothing back from you because we know you are good. Thank you, Lord. I would way prefer to just hang in his presence, even if it might feel a bit awkward out there, because it's powerful, because I can't give you anything. I've, I've got nothing, but he has everything. So if I'm obedient and just hang out and feel a little bit awkward at times, <laughs> I prefer that, because I want your lives to be touched by the Holy Spirit this morning, because that's what we're here. We're here to just have him bring healing and wholeness that we can walk in the fullness of what God has for our lives. As I was um, praying and, and searching out the song list for this morning, the exact songs that, that God was, that I was listening to, God was speaking on my heart, that through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have access to Father God, to the good, good Father. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have access to that. Okay, now I'm going to get my notes. veil to the inner sanctuary was torn. There is nothing between us and the presence of God, the heart of God. We are no longer under the law, trying to pertain perfection 
trying to prove our worthiness. But under the flow of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are washed white as snow, clothed in the righteousness of God. And in that righteousness, we can come boldly before the throne. We are free to come to the mercy seat and embrace the gift of grace that empowers us to live our lives according to the Holy Spirit. That God the Father loves his children so much that he was prepared to partake in the agony of his son's crucifixion so that we could be called sons and daughters, that we could be joint heirs enjoying everything that God has for us. I'm going to read a few scriptures out of Galatians through the Passion Translation. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll make your words alive in your people's hearts this morning. So the first one is Galatians 3, 13 to 14. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is cursed. Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives so that in him all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon the Gentiles. And now through faith we receive the promised Holy Spirit who lives in us. Galatians 4, 6 to 7. And so that we would know that we are his children, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, My Father, my true Father. Now we're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we're his, we can access everything our father has, for we are heirs because of what God has done. Galatians 5, 24 to 25. Keep in mind that we who belong to Christ, have already experienced crucifixion, for everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. If the Spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. So, uh, yep, so that's it, sorry. And Galatians 6, 14. May my only boast be found in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In him I have been crucified to this natural realm, and the realm, natural realm is dead to me and no longer dominates my life. So today is Father's Day. And the beautiful truth is that whether we may or may not have had a positive role model in our earthly dad, we have the best role model 
in our heavenly dad. And my prayer for each and every one of you this morning as we take communion, that you will experience the deeper and fuller love of Father God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's take the elements. If you haven't got them, I think there's, I've got, I think so. Oh, actually, you know what's for. <laughs> Thank you. So we thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us so that we could be whole. We thank you for your blood that was poured out that gives us complete access to Father God. And I just want to read one more scripture. Romans 8, 14 to 16. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. Sometimes I feel like I just want to sit down, you know. Sometimes I can't stand, sometimes I can't sit, sometimes I don't know what I want to do, but um, let's have a look. I've got to have all my preps. Got my coffee, got my water, got my throat lolly. We'll get there. I need both of these. I need that. 
Um, on Friday morning, I was doing a little bit of study. That sounds better. Yeah. I was doing a little bit of study and I was reading actually this Passion Translation and I was reading through Psalm 119. Has anyone read Psalm 119 in the Passion Translation? It's really well worth reading. The whole book's worth reading, but, you know, the passion that comes out of that psalm, I believe it's a psalm written by David, but there's just so much in it that I think it just sort of, I I feel that when I'm reading it, I'm expressing my heart to God. And I almost feel like, I I don't often read out loud, but I felt like I wanted to be reading it out loud because I wanted wanted my Father God to be hearing it because it was my heart. And, And while I was reading it, this prayer came up out of my heart. And... It was one of those moments where it happens occasionally where it almost feels like it's a poetic prayer coming up. And so I wrote it down and I'd like to uh, read it out because I just realised this morning when I looked at it, you know, it, it sort of fits with Father's Day. So this is what I wrote. This is what I was praying. For my father, for my, sorry, for God my father, my dearest friend, I'll pursue with passion your living word. It's the wisdom of my heart. When trouble comes, I cry out to you, for you'll always hear my prayer. So I'll wait on you, when the battles rage, for your soft, still voice to calm my soul. For nothing compares to your gentle words you whisper in my ear. So I'll not complain when the road is rough, for I know your voice is near. And I've read that several times since then because it, it's just, it's, it's like, it, it's really hard for me to explain but it felt like a reassurance in my heart that my Father God is so close and he wants me to understand the depth of the Father's love. We don't understand the depth of it. We're, we're going to get more understanding of it as we grow in him. But the depth of that love is something that is beyond our comprehension. But as we grow in the grace of the spirit, we're going to begin to experience a tangible presence of the Father's heart where we're going to feel so 
close with him that nothing is going to shake us. This confidence that my father is right there with me. And I know in the natural, when I was with my dad as a little fella, I wasn't worried about anything. You know, I just had such confidence in him and his connection with God that I knew the three of us were on the right track and we were fine, you know, like. So I'm going to read it again. I want you to think about this as, as Father God. For God, my Father, my dearest friend, I'll pursue with passion your living word because that's how the word felt when I was reading it. It was coming off the pages. It was, it was so much touching my heart that this was coming out of my heart in response to reading his word. I'll pursue with passion your living word. It's the wisdom of my heart. When troubles come, I'll cry out to you, for you always hear my prayer. So I'll wait on you when the battles rage for your soft, still voice to calm my soul. For nothing compares to your gentle words you whisper in my ear. So I'll not complain when the road is rough, for I know your voice is near. And when you hear the voice of the Father, everything's fine. Everything's good. Holy Spirit, I'm just asking this morning that you would help each one of us to have a greater understanding, a greater revelation, unfolding of that word of the, the love you had for us. Lord, that we can come into that experiential knowledge of assured confidence in you, that you have everything, everything in hand. And you're watching over us and you care for us with such intense love. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I'm asking that you just help the preacher <laughs> to speak that which is on your heart so you can speak to the heart of every person here and do what you want to do in the house this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I have a word to preach this morning. I've probably got several words to preach because it's been such a long time. But I do have a voice, so it's good. But 
my heart, as you would understand, is that the Holy Spirit shares what's on his heart for your heart every time we gather. We should be coming with such an expectation to hear from God. And it's not just in church, but this is a good place to to get together in this corporate heart, this corporate desire that, Lord, we want your presence. We want to see your manifest presence in the house. I guess I've been studying for a little bit now and looking at the the mysteries of the glory because it really is a mystery when you begin to look into the realms and and try to unfold the the realms of glory and what what God is is wanting us to understand. I, I hope to get into it a little bit this morning, but just before I do... Um, on Wednesday morning, I woke up at 1.30am and as you know, this happens to me a, a bit <laughs> and while I'm laying there, I, uh, I was thinking about somebody. I actually woke up thinking about this person and that doesn't happen a lot but when it happens, I know it's God. So I woke up at 1.30 and I'm thinking about Lyndon. <laughs> now that doesn't happen every night. <laughs> but it did on Wednesday morning. And God gave me a word for you, Lyndon. So, just a short word. But I think it's a word of encouragement and I think it's appropriate that it's coming out this morning. Sometimes when God gives you a word, I can hang on to it for a long time, but I feel now is the time. Now, I don't know whether you remember, but a few, a couple of years back, maybe longer than that, I remember I was praying for you over this side of the room and while I was praying with you, I remember... The Holy Spirit spoke some words and I don't know exactly what they were but it was in line with working with children and being involved more with children. Now, I don't know if you want to record this, if you've got any way of recording on you. Um, just so you've got... Because what I have is only a, a portion of the picture. Okay, now, God gives me portions. doesn't give me the whole picture. But if this sits well with you, you you then can press into God to get more more understanding, more involvement, more understanding of what he's saying. If it doesn't, just put it on the shelf. So, last Wednesday morning, 1.30am, the Holy Spirit shared these words with me, so I got up. Obviously, I got up out of bed, made myself a cup of coffee, went into my study and started waiting on God about it and writing down what he was saying. 
And he shared these thoughts. He said, Lyndon is a godly man that children will look up to because they feel safe and protected around you. And I think that's pretty good. To know that God would put his trust in you with the most precious ones. He said you're a role model, but you're a different role model. He said particularly for young boys who want to discover and experience the adventures in God. And then he said to me, the wild side of God. (laughs) I don't have any more details on that. But I can imagine some pretty wild things. (laughs) And I won't share them with you because I want God to share stuff with you. I don't want to preempt anything, but but I really believe that God is going to do some things with you that will be involving children that's going to be something that's going to be able to share the heart of the Father with children. That's, that's what he gave me. And then after he gave me that, I heard these words very clearly. I'm going to furnish felicity. So clearly, I am going to furnish felicity. He didn't say flick, he said felicity. Now this is pretty good. He said, you are God's house. As we realise we are God's dwelling place, we are God's house. But you are God's house and he is placing his furniture in you. Now you're going to have to seek him about this to get, get further, but... He said to me that some of the furniture is just decorative. Things of beauty. Other furniture is for people to enjoy. Now, I saw very clearly a piece of furniture and it was an armchair for people to relax in and find rest. I believe God is placing a refreshing gift in you. Now, I have never heard that before. And I don't know that the Bible talks about a refreshing gift, but I know there are days of refreshing in the Lord and I know there are scriptures about the refreshing that comes through God's people that comes from God. But remember... They are your armchairs and God wants you to enjoy his rest and his peace. So trust that he has given you a God-fearing man who will protect and defend your family. 
So you have a confidence in him that he's hearing from God and he's going to look after everything concerning the family. So Linda, when you're seeking the wisdom and the direction of the Holy Spirit, when that's your priority, you will never lack any good thing. You will know God's provision and protection. See, when you become inspired by God to be the protector, God is going to show you his protection in a greater way. So you'll be giving out of what God's giving you, and this is all any of us can do. We can only give of what God gives us. And God's going to impart to you. God's going to give you gifts. God's going to give you ability. Don't limit what God wants to do by what you're thinking might be possible. Because I've, the, the thoughts that I've got a while, I'm telling you, but I know that it's, it's, it's like this package that God is putting together is, is a, a real example of a godly family that's going to present to the world what a Christian family is all about. And he gave me this verse. It's Psalm 34, 10. Passion. Those who passionately pursue the Lord will never lack any good thing. So the Lord bless you both richly. I always feel when I get a word from God when I'm preaching that it's a word that I feel I'm sharing with a person when I'm preaching. I feel like it's, I like to be down with the people, like one-to-one. I feel like I'm talking with you and with you. I'm not sort of too impressed by the big crowd. I'm more... I'm more um, concerned about the individual hearing what I'm saying. So I feel like I just want to talk one-to-one. Um, sometimes people get a bit nervous with that. They don't like the preacher getting too close. But, but that's my heart. I feel like every message just about that God gives me is for you and, and for you. And, and, and that's just how it is with me. That um, I, I really want people to understand the heart of the Father and how much he has. And, and he has told me that there are so many things that he wants to reveal to his people. He wants to unfold these mysteries. That's why I've been looking into it a little bit about the, the mysteries of the glory because the, the, it, 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 it is, um, wow. It's one of those subjects that I, I have difficulty expressing or putting into words because it touches my heart so much. So, I'd like to share a few thoughts from the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 17.
Jesus is speaking and praying here. And this is just before he's about to go to the cross. And at this time, his focus was very much on you and I. And in John 17, and verse 20, I think we'll start at, Jesus praying, he says, I do not pray for these alone, talking about his disciples at the time, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And that's you and I. Whether those who will believe through the word that they spoke, through their word that they'll believe. And they all... This, this is his prayer. This is, this is the heart of the Father that Jesus is praying. That they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So like I said before, it's, it's very difficult for us to comprehend the Father's heart, when you read something like this, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So what's the sign to the world that Jesus came from the Father? That we have the same love, the same desire, the same oneness for each other that Jesus had for his disciples. He's praying, Father, the the love connection, the relationship that you and I have, I, I I want my disciples and those that become disciples, followers from the word, that, that they will know the oneness, the unity, the, the completeness, the fulfilled life in knowing and being in me. That the world may believe and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. So why did Jesus give the glory? So that they may be one with each other just as you and I, Father, are one in thought, purpose, action, in every way. I in them, you in me, that they may be made 
perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, whether them, loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. You and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. There is a dimension of love that we have yet to realise, experience, understand, demonstrate, walk in, and I'm going to preach on that later on. But this morning, I want to talk a little bit about the realm of the glory. See, Jesus said, I have given them the glory. Wonderful. What's that? What is it? It's a mystery. But God wants this unfolding of the mystery to become a revelation within us that we then become connected to him in such a way that we know that we know the love of the Father and what he has purposed. One translation says, I have honoured my followers in the same way that you honoured me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. I have honoured my followers in the same way you honoured me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. I have given them the glory. I have honoured them the same way that you honoured me. One aspect of glory is revealed through actions of love. Our mission statement, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. How do we get everyone involved in the glory? Through actions of love that come from the Father's heart when we have a revelation of being one with each other through actions of love that are demonstrated through the grace of God given by the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of grace, the spirit of love, the Holy One who has equipped us with the glory, with the honour. He honoured us with the glory and is looking for a people who will honour one another with the same love, the same glory, the same passionate following after the ways of Jesus by demonstrating the walk, the life, the love, the glory, the honour to each other.
Can you imagine? Who's got a good imagination? I have a good imagination. Lyndon, if I told you some of the things that I was imagining could happen, we don't want to limit what God has planned and purposed. God wants us to have and experience the best. He wants our kids to experience the wild side of God. He wants us to have such an abundance of of resources that we can show our kids how great God is through the creation of this world, through having, 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 oh, through, my goodness, that the church, the church is going to be equipped with what God wants the church to have so his kids can grow up knowing he's the best dad and he wants them to have fun. He wants to enjoy God. He doesn't want them coming into church thinking, oh, what a bore. God, 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 God is going to give people God ideas on how to raise children in the things of God where they're going to have adventures in God, they're going to enjoy the things of God, they're going to be so enamoured by the Father God that they're going to want to be living and thinking and breathing, wanting to know more about Him. Revival is coming into the hearts of young people. God is going to do something in the hearts of young people and it's going to come through godly families who are are allowing God to to produce in them that mystery of the glory. Imagine, come on, start imagining with the grace that God's given you. Put some of the power of grace into your imagination. What you could do if you weren't limited by finance. Wow, if you you could see what's going through my head at the moment. See, there's a realm, there's a zone that you can get into that takes the limits off. Mm-hmm, wow. Anyway, I could, I could just sit there. And, boy, I, I, oh man, I'd like to share some of the things that I'm seeing that God wants to do. If he can just find a people who will love one another. If you understand the power and the depth of love and what can be achieved through a genuine heart of love, self-sacrificing love, giving up my agenda for the agenda of the Father, whatever. Lord, you've put it in my heart, so you've got to give me the ability to do it. You've got to give me the resources to do what you put in my heart. God wants his kids to be protected from the rubbish in the world. He doesn't want them going into the world to get affected by that garbage. He wants the church to be providing everything. And we're just a little group. But you watch what God's going to do with a little group 
that have a passionate love for one another, that will not be caught in dishonour, will not be caught in talking about anybody else in the place in a negative way, will not dishonour anybody. See, the honour, the honour. I want you to just imagine for a moment, just think about the possibilities And I really begin to think about what could God do with me if I take the limits off, if I don't negate the power of God, if I allow God to flow through me in every way. Wow. God has unlimited resources that he wants to put in the hands of those who will do his work with. If you start seeking God passionately for the things he wants you to be doing, he'll supply what needs to be supplied to get the job done. And that's going to increase. We haven't got a lot of time to mess around. We need to start providing the things that God wants our children to have so that they can be blessed in the house of God. He wants the young people to be so satisfied in the glory realms of God that they won't want anything the world has to offer because they know they've got what the world's looking for. A people who are so passionate about the things of God and the purposes of God, that they trust God enough to do his work and trust that he will look after everything else that they need, that they desire, that they want. My goodness, God God wants you to have such a confident trust in him that he's already got what you need And it's going to come in the church that allows God to produce that oneness of heart and purpose. Wow. See, see, you think about, just for a moment, maybe you need to close your eyes and just block out everything else and start thinking about some of the things that God has done for you in the past. Remember some of the good times, some of the good experiences. They're just a touch, they're just a little bit. Think about what you would do if you had unlimited resources right now. What would you do If the Holy Spirit said, okay, let me know what you want and I'll provide it. What are you thinking about? Imagine, imagine what could be done. 
Imagine a theme park built for children called The Adventures in God. Run by Christians and not pedophiles. We're going to protect our children. Things are hotting up out there. They're getting really rough and, and, and we've got to understand that God's got a place for his children to be and it's not out there. See, when I, when, I, when, I, when I begin to remember some of the times that I've had in God, the things that I imagine, if, if, you, if you were to ask me, what is the desire of my heart? Okay, if the Holy Spirit said to you right now, what's the desire of your heart? What's your greatest desire right now? If you could have anything, anything, what would you choose right now? See, this has happened before. God came to Solomon in a dream. He said, what would you like? Choose anything you want. Do you think God could do that again? Do you think God's about to give some people some dreams and some visions that are going to impact this world for God? So when I remember the experiences I've had, Caleb or Sam, are you up there at all? No, I wanted to get something up on the screen, but oh yes, there we go. Just if just if you can pop this up on the screen for me, this this is what my desire is. Because I've experienced that in a very small portion. What do you want to call it? God touching you? Heaven touching earth? Feeling the presence of God? Having an encounter with God? That's, that's, where, my heart, that's where my heart is. Because I've, I've, I've experienced it. I know what it is. And there is nothing to compare with the touch of God. Nothing. When, when you had that, everything is possible. You hunger after God when he becomes the passion of your heart. Lord, I just want that touch of heaven. I can remember very clearly one occasion when when if I was to if I was trying to explain an encounter or an experience like that, I I remember I was sitting in this church in the front row about there, 
and I could feel the presence of God in such a tangible way. It was mind-blowing. I'd never experienced it before like that. Um, to the extent that I, I could hardly, I couldn't really stay on the seat, I couldn't sit on the seat. But I remember so clearly feeling the presence of God in a way that, that was, to me, unbelievable. And I, I can remember, it was, it was like that, just hard to explain. But in it, I was looking at this hand my right hand, I was looking at it and it began to tingle and then it became electrified and then it felt like it was plugged into a 240 volt and I'm sitting looking at it, I'm thinking this is, this is amazing, I, I can't quite comprehend this, this is, this is wild. It's like the wild side of God a bit. Why, why would God do that? And I'm looking. And I was absolutely buzzed, like as buzzed as you can get, watching a, 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 a tangible of God on my hand. And I'm watching it, and it went up my arm, across my shoulders, down this arm, and into this hand. Both hands doing the same thing. Absolutely on fire, buzzed. And I was absolutely whacked at that stage. To be able to have an encounter where I experienced the touch of God in such a way that it changed me. Because it was so tangible, so real, so amazing. It was awesome. God wants this is this 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 is a touch of the anointing of the presence. It's a it's a tangible or it's a it's a manifestation of the presence of Jesus. That's what the glory is. A manifestation of the presence of Jesus. See, he's here right now, but he may not be manifest to you. He may not be tangible, but that doesn't, that doesn't lessen the, the potential right now because he's here right now. And he wants us to begin to understand that glory realm that he wants to release in us, but it's going to be an expression of the love of the Father that we, we, we become so united in one that we're so hungry for the, the oneness, the heart of God, the purpose of God, that nothing else is going to interfere. That's the priority. And the glory of God is the priority for everybody who loves God. Moses had an encounter with God. He said, Lord, I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. And God said, Moses, you can't look at my face because you'll be zapped. So I can stick you over here in the corner of Clethorite and I'll just 
walk past, you'll see the back part of me, you'll see the goodness of God and Moses was never the same. He had to wear the veil over his face because that, that glory that, that was just so manifest upon him and God wants to manifest the glory. You think you can't love people? Let God love you. If you can't love people, it's because you're not allowing God to love you. But if you get into the Father's love and experience that love, you can be so lovely and lovable that you'll understand the presence of God in a different way that you don't care about what the enemy's doing out there. You don't care about who's saying what against you. You just want the glory realm. And while I was in, in, in this realm, I... I, I uh, I uh, actually, what happens, what happens is what's happening right now and it's very difficult for me to, 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 to put into words what the experience is. But I know that it's the Father's love and the touch of the Father's love is what you need. You need, you need it, you need it, you need it, you need it, you need it. You need to know the touch of the Father's love because it just draws you into that confident assurance that I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to promote myself. I don't have to position myself. I don't have to just trust him. If God's put something in your heart, he will produce it. If you guard your heart. Can you imagine the church? Can you imagine the church? when everybody honours each other. Every one of us honouring each other. Jesus said in John 13, at the same time we praying, he said, the new commandment that I'm giving you, why? Not because he wanted another rule for you to follow, he wanted you to walk in that glory realm, that you love one another. How did he demonstrate it? He washed his disciples' dirty feet. Now, we're not going to have a washing of feet ceremony. But that was for them. But he demonstrated the honour. He demonstrated the honour. Imagine being in the church where everybody honours one another. We all honour, we all prefer one another. We all consider whether what I'm about to say is necessary, what I'm about to say important, is it helpful? We honour one another. Sometimes we can honour one another by keeping the lip zipped. And you watch what God's going to do in the house. See, you want to be in that church where everybody honours one another? 
We start it right now. We do it right now. If you don't want that in the house, this is not the house for you. But if you want to be in a house where you are honoured, that's not promoted and puffed up with what It's just honoured. It's respected. It's given a voice to listen and ear to hear. And it's honour. It's compassion. See, Jesus was moved with compassion. That's why he was able to demonstrate the Father's heart. When, there's other scriptures I could read, but I won't do it now. But when you read further in that chapter, you see that the Father was honoured by the sacrifice of Jesus. And it says in one of the scriptures that because the Son honoured the Father the Father was going to honour the Son. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, he who honours me, God, I will honour. If you want to be honoured, honour. If you think nobody loves me, love. Where's the love in this place? In you. If you'll allow God to let that glory, the, the glory, Father, that you gave me, I've given them, that they may be one, just as you and I are one, Father. What a, what a oneness. That's a oneness that cannot be broken. The touch of God. That's just a little bit of what I was going to say, but... That's probably enough to work on. Holy Spirit. You're the only one who can do this. So Lord, we're asking that you would help us, that you would prompt us that you would remind us that you would show us the love that you have for each one of us so that we can in turn show that love to each other. That love where we just choose to speak well 
of one another. And to allow you to produce the glory in us, through us, that the world may see the love of the Father's heart for his people in and through the church that chooses to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in their hearts, the comforter, the counsellor, the intercessor, the advocate, the one who's come to lead us and guide us, be with us in all things, that we can have such a confident assurance in you, Lord, that all things work together for the good, for the glory of God. As we submit our hearts, And remember that through the work of the cross you've brought us into a realm of the glory to experience the tangible love of God. Fill us, Lord. Let there be an overflowing, a bubbling up and an overflowing of that love, that care, that compassion to move in the realms of the Spirit of God that truly you can have your way in the hearts of every person in this house. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good stuff to chew on there. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not going to be very long because there's uh, there's something coming for the for. Um, for the fathers, the little people have been very busy, but that'll come in a minute. Um, just had a couple of thoughts um, around our, our offering this morning. And, uh, yeah. So Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and, the, and whose hope is in the Lord. And we've been hearing that this morning. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. You know, there's, there's heat coming. You know, it's, it's coming. It's there. Will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will be not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. So the lightning of a, a tree planted by a river. You know, you go down to the Loddon and you see all the willows down along the Loddon River. 
Well, they're green now. And, you know, years ago when, uh, when we were in drought, they were still green. Didn't seem to bother them because they're planted by the river. And, you know, that's the presence of God. That's, that's, that's his glory. So blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. And, you know, that implies an action. Trust implies an, an action. And, uh, you know, the Bible says faith without works is, is dead. So if we trust in God, that leaves no room for fear and for worry. And look, fear is not so much a feeling. We can all feel fear because fear is a spirit, okay? Fear is a spirit. It's if that spirit gets to control what you do, that's where it's an issue. It is a means of control. Fear is a means of control, and we've experienced that over the last couple of years. And worry, what's worry? It's negative meditation. You know, we're told to meditate on what God says. When we're worrying, we're meditating on what the enemy might do. And, you know, Jesus said, worry's not going to do anything for you. So that word blessed, it actually means to kneel, to bless God as an act of adoration. And vice versa, man as a benefit. So when we bless God as an act of adoration, as we bless him because we love him, there is a, there is a return. And, uh, you know, Jesus, um, Paul quotes Jesus as saying, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So there's that spiritual concept. It's a spiritual law. It's not a concept. It's not here. It's a spiritual law of sowing and reaping. It's planting and harvesting. But I just want to read a couple of scriptures out of, out of, um, out of Acts because this really puts it where it is. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 45. Now all believers were together and had all things in common and would sell their possessions and goods and distribute them among all as anyone had need. That's what Jeff was talking about this morning. The early church was infused with the glory of God. Now, over time, that was lost because the glory of God was, became not the priority. It was the form and the control and all, all that other rubbish. But in the early church, that's where it was at. And you think, well, yeah, that's fine. Where, why, why was that? Um, in Acts chapter five, 4, verse 32, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed, that was the church, were of one heart and one soul. They were united together. Neither did anyone say that any of the things that he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles witnessed the very resurrection of the, of Jesus, of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. And goes on to say, if anyone lacked, that was covered. 
So there was a love for one another. And it was manifested in the um, demonstration of what was happening in the early church. And you know, the Bible says that the latter house is going to be greater than the former. So everything that we read in the book of Acts regarding the early church, that's a taster because it's going to be greater at the end. Hallelujah. So um, as, we, as we give this um, post box up the back for the um, hard, hard stuff, and uh, I know there's a lot of people that give online, but let's just pray and, and if you've got it in your hand, well, that's all good. If, you've, um, if you have got to imagine it there, that's all good too. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you uh, that you are the God of love and Lord that love is not a, a wishy-washy thing that love, that love is uh, is is the is the motivation that that led you to the cross and Father Lord as we as we submit our hearts to you and as we give ourselves over to you and allow that love to infuse us Lord um, there are so many things that will come from that that we see in your scripture um, Lord, that, uh, that only you can do, but as we submit ourselves to you. So, Father, I just pray um, uh, a blessing uh, on, uh, on any gift that is given, Lord. Uh, Lord, that as we um, agree and connect uh, with what you say is possible, Lord, then we experience those things that um, often beyond uh, possibility. And, uh, and, Lord, we just thank you for it. And uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Amen. Steve. Going to finish off for us this morning. We've got a few messages. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, there was plenty to chew on and share and learn from. Uh, just one thing I had while Jeff was preaching, that sometimes we see our Father in Heaven as the authority figure. And, uh, you know, the boss and he's on that level way up there and you're a bit scared to approach him. But, uh, yeah, God was just saying, yeah, treat me as Dad, as a mate on my level and, uh, yeah, you'll benefit the goodness that I've got and... Um, yeah, have fun while you're doing it. So, yeah, we've got a few announcements happening. But actually, first of all, I've uh, got to thank you. Uh, as you know, my uh, sister-in-law went into hospital for a brain operation. And so, yeah, my wife and I would uh, like to... Thank everyone for your prayers and support for Catherine's sister and her brain operation last Sunday. Uh, Rose came through with flying colours and is recovering well. So thank you, church. Hmm. Yep, we'll get this phone happening. There's probably a uh, screen behind me with events, is there? No, there's not. You're welcome to church again. 
We do it all again. Did we get enough? Uh, yeah, so this week, yeah, we've got play group on Monday at 9.30 to 11.30 here at the Creek Street Church. Uh, then we've got a busy day happening Wednesday. Uh, first of all, I yeah, there's, a, there's child safe training. There's an extra day for it, 9.30 to 10.30 over here in the William Room. So if you haven't already done that, yeah, get along and do it. Then there's also Ladies Coffee at 10.30 at Beechworth Bakery. And then Wednesday as well, Wednesday evening, we've got 7.30, we've got prayer here in the church. Uh, moving on to Thursday, we've got a school community prayer meeting that's over in the William Room as well. That's people get here and pray for the school and the kids and all that. Uh, Thursday night, we've got uh, men's night at Lyndon's house. And so for those that don't know where Lyndon's house is, go and see Tim, myself, or Lyndon, was probably the best source. And there's possibly an idea of maybe being where the location is, is to carpool. So, yeah, just have a chat to other blokes in the group. And, yeah, that's all gone off, but doesn't matter. Uh, then we've got these. I don't know whether you grab one of those on the way in. It's just a fridge magnet that says what our vision, our mission is. There's a bit on the back about what we do and why we do it. Um, yeah, so there you go. I think that's all the announcements I've got. Um, you're pointing at me? Oh, Coral. Yeah, and yeah, don't forget to hang around. The kids have got something special for us. And one last announcement from Coral. Stephen, come up here. I've got helpers today. Great. So just before we have something special for our dads, um, Lily, do you want to hop up on there, sweetie? Yeah, great. Um, Egan and Lily are going to do their best to pray for the dads, okay? So, Lily, are you right? Do you know what to say? No? We're going to let Egan do it? Great. Okay. Off you go, Egan. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Egan's going to pray. Dear Lord, please put your hand on all these parents in this classroom. I mean, church. I pray for that you, you'll, you'll help them get through all their fears. And do the same. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Bless our dads. Thank you. Give these people a clap. They have to be very brave to do that. Okay, all of these lovely people, you stay where you are. They're coming down and they're going to give you a biscuit they've helped to cook. Away you go.